Welcome back. This is Jim Cimbala, Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We are going to continue my new series, The Calling, a podcast for Christian leaders. Let's do a Bible quiz today. What are the first words ever spoken by Jesus in a sermon that we know of from the Gospels? Not what he said at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. Anybody know? You get a free trip to New York City, a weekend in the Bronx. Anybody can know that. What it happens to be probably is the Sermon on the Mount, when he got up on a mountain and preached. And what were the first words he said? Very, very strange words. Counterintuitive to everything we know about life. He went up on the mountain and he preached and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, happy to be envied, are people who have nothing. I mean, time out. What's that about? What it's about is a principle so deep in scripture, but so little talked about because it really grates against the way the culture around us thinks and the way we're built in terms of our human nature. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for everything that heaven has will be theirs. Now there's two words in the Greek for poor that are used in the New Testament. One is so poor that you have to work every day to earn enough to eat food. That's poor. And whereas you go to bed at night, there's nada, nothing. Then there's a deeper word that's used of beggars. They have nothing at all. They can't even work. Which word do you think Jesus used? Yeah, you're right, the second word. One modern translation is, blessed are the beggars. They're going to have everything from God. And what that teaches us is the tremendous importance of humility, poverty of spirit, feeling your nothingness before God. I told you it'd be counterintuitive. Not I am somebody, but I am in need of God 24-7. Humility, that emptiness that makes it possible for God to pour into us what he has. Look, if I'm full of Jim Cimbala, how can God then fill me with what he has when Jim Cimbala is taking up all the room? That makes sense. But to be emptied of all of that, to feel my insufficiency, this is so different that as I'm talking about it, we so rarely see that, hear it talked about, but it's as Andrew Murray said, that humility is the conductor, it's the tube, it's the channel through which all of God's virtue and blessings and grace float into our lives. What is the channel? Humility. If that's not there, God has what we need. We're needy, but there's nothing that can get it to us. The prayer of the humble, ooh, God is so open to that. Felt need. God is drawn to weakness. Did you know that? God is drawn to weakness. And we're trying to be strong, and the culture teaches us, you let everybody know what you can do. And that brings up the antithesis of humility, which is pride, being full of yourself. By the way, the humility that most of us come to is the humility that is initiated by our sense of being sinners. I fail God, it humbles me. And that's always gonna be there, doesn't it? But Jesus was the most humble person that ever walked on the earth and he had no sins to feel guilty about. So humility is deeper than just guilt of sin. 
It is the emptiness of, oh, Jim Cimbala is so hopeless that God has to hold him every moment of every day. And when he gets up to preach, he has nothing he can help the people with unless God pours it into him and then out of him. The opposite of this is pride, to be full of yourself. You know, if you're filled with a demon, it can be cast out according to the New Testament. But when you're full of yourself, when we're full of ourselves, my friend, now that's a whole other ball of wax. How does self cast out self? Demons go at the mention of Jesus, but pride? We see it everywhere in the New Testament, that battle. God always saying to us, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up. God resists the proud. That means he sets himself like an army general against people who are proud. I will bring you down. Many feel it's because that's the sin that brought Lucifer down. Lucifer was a created being, angelic, maybe the most powerful and beautiful of them all. But somehow it seems as if his heart was lifted up with pride and he was cast out of heaven. Some commentators have said when God sniffs pride, he just reminds him of, oh, satanic, satanic. I think of the angels, what the angels must think when they look down at us and we're walking around strutting like peacocks, thinking we're all that. When our breath, every breath, like that one was given by God. And if he takes it away, we are muerte, we're gone, we're dead. But we're strutting around, I can do this, I can do that. And that's the spirit of the world. The world is full of pride, the pride of life. The pride of life is what dominates in the world. And advertising in the culture appeals to pry. Have this so you can strut. Drive in this so people will look, wow, he's the man. And Jesus is the opposite. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, I think this hinders a lot of our preaching because you don't have to be a megachurch pastor or one of these characters on TV. And there's some great people on TV. Some ministers, it seems, have the eagle the size of Montana. It's not about Jesus. The focus is not on Jesus. It's sad, isn't it? It's not about Jesus. Consider Jesus. Think about Jesus. That mic is like a drug, and we can use it to draw attention to ourselves. That's in gospel music, too. It's not about forget about me and just think about Jesus. No, it's like, watch what I can do with my voice. Watch this. Hey, watch this. So sad, isn't it? It's the opposite of the lamb. Sometimes I have heard sermons in my life when the arrogance and the showing off of the minister, the preacher, actually made it like, is this the same religion as come unto me, all you that labor heavy, laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. How can we preach about the lamb of God with an arrogant spirit? That's why being empty Asking God to help us be humble is so absolutely important because we're nothing. He can make us something. But if we're something, he says, no, no, I'll, I'll show you who you are. I don't want that. I want to take the low place. Remember what he said when you go to a banquet? Don't sit in the front so you can show off. Take the back seat. Someone might ask you to move up in the front. But if you're up in the front, someone might say, hey, pal, you don't belong there. Get in the back. Now you're going to be humiliated in front of everyone. So there's so many verses that tell us about the importance of humility in the Christian life. Whenever you see someone bragging on themselves and showing off, you know this automatically. They have not been with Jesus. They have not been with Jesus. I know, but they're so clever in their presentation. I know, 
That might be so, but they haven't been with Jesus. You can't be with Jesus and be strutting. Am I correct, pastor, leader? Am I correct? You end up like John in the book of Revelation when he saw Jesus up close and personal. He fell at his feet as one dead. No, look at Jim Simba. And it's so easy when we teach, and it could be five people in a country church or 5,000 in a large auditorium. It's so easy to say, look at me. I'm going to impress. I'm going to dazzle you with my footwork. I gave this quote before in another episode, but I want to give it again because it meant so much to me when I first read it. You can't come across clever and show off and have Jesus wonderful at the same time. Oh, they'll go home talking about you. They might, but Jesus won't be wonderful. They won't be talking about him. So what do we want? Do we want them talking about our church? Oh, Brooklyn Tabernacle, that's the bomb. Oh, Pastor Symbol or that choir, or, or do we want them going home and saying, God is in that place. Jesus is wonderful. Come on, let's go down so he can lift us up for the glory of God.